Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are on the subject of have faith in God. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you have shown us, hallelujah, what we must do to inherit all the things, Father God, that you've laid up for us and to operate in the kingdom of God and to be overcomers. So, Father, as we get into the word of God today, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that guides and directs our heart and the word of God that is truth. And we give you thanks for it, Father. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> faith in Christ or faith in God is not our is, is not our invention. Amen. This is God. This is all God. God shows us through the Lord Jesus Christ what is required of us concerning faith and how to operate in the kingdom of God. And we operate in the kingdom of God by faith. It doesn't come any other way. It doesn't come by feelings. It doesn't come by the sight of the eyes. It doesn't come by the hearing of the ears. It doesn't come by what we taste or what we smell or what we touch. It comes through the the uh, power of faith. And of course, you know, the faith of God was granted to us the very moment we opened up our hearts to the gospel of the grace of God. He deposited faith in us. How do we know that? How do you know that, Brother John? Well, the word of God tells us for when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you believe that? Amen. The very moment we begin to believe that God, he deposits faith in us to give us the strength. Remember now, we were without strength at one time. God gives us the strength to believe him, to believe in the gospel, to believe that Jesus is the son of God. I remember when I was first born again that Wednesday night, I was sitting in the back of the church, I was making fun of the preacher. I thought he was funny. I thought he looked funny. I thought he acted funny. But when that preacher put down his guitar and he started preaching the gospel, up until that moment, I thought I was a good person. I thought I was good enough to get to heaven. After all, I reasoned in my head, you know, that I think I've done more good works than bad works. So God's got to shine uh, his light on me. Uh, he's, he's got to say, well, you've passed the test. You know, when I was in high school, I did just enough to pass. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. It might have been a D plus. It might have been a D minus. It might have been a C, but I passed. Amen. And I thought it was the same way in the spiritual world. But when that preacher began to preach the word of God and I began to see myself for how I really was, I understood then that I was a sinner. I was dead in trespasses and sins. I needed somebody to pull me up out of this mess. And his name was Jesus. He's the one that gave his life for me. He shed his blood on Calvary so that I I could be where he was. Hallelujah. And so I accepted that plan. I accepted God's purpose for my life. I repented of sin. I believed in my heart. That's how I knew the very moment I was born again, when my hands were raised and said, Lord, I believe. 
I believe Jesus is my Savior. And when I said that, a radical thing, a radical change came into my heart and life. And I knew at that very moment that I was a born again child of God. Hallelujah. That is faith. And that's how we operate the very moment we receive Christ. Well, that doesn't change throughout our life. The same faith that God used us, that, that God uses to get us born again is the same faith that we use to receive all the things that have been freely given to us of God. Hallelujah. Remember what Jesus said. It's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Hallelujah. Well, in reading through the book of Revelation, we come to find out what all the kingdom is about. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, God is the God of more than enough. I love the book of Romans. It's the gospel of much more. Paul tells us how much more God wants to do, has done for us, is doing for us, and wants to do for us. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you to live down on barely get a long street down there by Grumble Alley. Amen. He wants to live you on the same road and the same highway and the same street that he lives on. Amen. Listen, his streets are paved with gold. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, uh, that's pretty good living. I have to say amen. And I know you do, too. So we, we are studying have faith in God. And we discover that faith in the word of God. Based upon Mark eleven twenty two through twenty four, these is these are two script. This is a passage we're going to look at, and also Romans chapter ten verses eight through eleven. Another passage we're going to look at. You know, we're going to find out that when we go through these, that we find out the faith is revealed by word and action. That's exactly how you and I got born again by the word of God and by us acting upon the word of God. Do you want to receive Jesus? Yes, I do. Well, then pray this prayer after me. And we did. And lo and behold, what happened? God honored that prayer and he honored our faith. And we were made born again children of God. So let's go ahead and read uh, these two passages of Scripture, uh, very familiar to us, Mark eleven twenty two through 24. And Jesus answering saith to them, have faith in God. Now, that's not a very good translation, have faith in God, because it doesn't describe actually what Jesus is, will speak in verse 23. Actually, that 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 what uh what the King James Version should have translated is have the faith of God. That's exact. That's the literal Greek. Now, someone said, well, the literal Greek says have a faith of God. No, no, there's not a faith. There's no other faith. There's one faith. It's called the faith. Even though, you know, the in the original Greek, the definite article is absent. That's exactly it is inserting the faith of God is a whole lot more accurate than inserting a faith in God. No, have the faith of God for verily. Now, verse 23, Jesus defines what the faith of God is. For verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So let's just take a moment and let's break this verse down. Now, for verily or truly, I say to you, this is Christ's testimony and he is not a liar. He is the truth. He's filled with grace and truth. 
And he says this. Now, this is my testimony. And I say this to you, that whosoever, this does not exclude anyone, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, and that mountain could be any mountain. It could be a mountain of sickness or disease. It could be a mountain of debt. It could be a mountain of anxiety or fear. It could be a mountain of sorrow or grief. Notice what Jesus said, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, whatever that mountain is, be thou removed. That is an imperative. It's a command. You're not asking that mountain to be removed. You are telling that mountain to be removed. Amen. That's a word of command. Be thou removed and be thou. Once again, an imperative, a command. And be thou cast into the sea. So whatever this mountain is, you are telling it and commanding it to remove and to be cast into the sea. Now, notice what else Jesus says. And shall not. I want you to notice how many times in this verse the word shall is used by the Lord Jesus. And shall not doubt in his heart. Amen. You've got to believe these things in your heart. We have to believe them in our heart. Amen. Faith is not of the head. Faith is of the heart. That's where God has deposited faith. Faith enough initially to get saved, and now faith that will cause you and I to overcome in every area of our life. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Shall believe. That's an action word. That's acting on what we know is the truth. But shall believe that those things which he says. Notice how many times the word say or saith is mentioned in this one verse. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. See, that's faith. That is the faith of God. When God spoke this world into existence, he didn't ask it to. He told it to. Light be and light was. Land be and land was. He commanded the light to shine and it shined. He commanded the vegetation to come forth and it came forth. He commanded the animals to come forth and it came forth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Commanding power. Faith lies within it. Commanding power. We're not commanding God, but we're commanding those things to come to us. We're commanding those things, those roadblocks, those obstructions that get in our way by the devil that are sown by Satan himself. We're commanding those obstructions to be moved out of the way, to be cast into the sea. And then Jesus says, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Do you believe the things that you believe, those things that you say, those things that you command? Do you believe that they'll come to pass? Well, yeah, if they come to pass today, I don't know about tomorrow. No, no, you don't put a time limit on God's uh, God's provision. It comes. It comes. Amen. It comes not on your time frame. Now, God understands that a lot of times things are time sensitive and he never fails. Amen. Praise God. If we just do what he says, we'll receive the things that he says that we can have. 
and shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. The whosoever shall have whatsoever he saith, but he must believe. Amen. And then verse 24, Jesus tells us how this works. This is how you put it into practice. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Praise God. Amen. This is how to have faith in God. And this tells us, Jesus also tells us how to operate within the kingdom of God. If you are born again, you are in the kingdom of God. And this is Jesus is telling us how we operate in the kingdom of God. And then Paul in Romans chapter 10, he says these things. He writes these things down. Verse eight. But what saith it? What does the word of faith or the righteousness of faith speak? Let's go back up to verse six. But the righteousness of faith speaks. Notice that. But the righteousness of faith speaks. Amen. Are you speaking the righteousness of faith? Well, if you're speaking the word of God, you are speaking the righteousness of faith. Amen. So the righteousness of faith speaks. Well, what does it say? Verse eight. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Notice it doesn't say in your head. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Notice the heart and mouth connection. That is the word of faith which we preach. The righteousness of faith, the word is called the word of faith. Praise God. Amen. And then Paul describes how it works, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's exactly what you and I did in order to get born again. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we believed in our heart that God has raised us from the dead. In other words, we believe the gospel. We believe we believed for the first time in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as it was preached to us. We believe that. Amen. God opened up our heart to truth. And what happened to our heart? Well, we came under conviction through the Holy Spirit. And we understood, really, we understood our eyes were open and then we began to understood, began to understand just exactly what kind of person we were. Amen. That we were not approved of God, that there had to be a change. Well, we can't change ourselves. We've tried. How many times have we tried to reform our ways? No, it doesn't work. So we needed something, someone greater. And that person, that greater person was Jesus. So we fixed our heart upon him. And we confess with our mouth him and we believed in our heart that God raised him from the dead for what? For our justification. Amen. And then through that prayer of faith, we received Christ and then we were saved. And then Paul says this, says this in verse 10, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Once again, the heart and mouth connection. What you believe in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Maybe that's why we don't have as much as we should have. 
Maybe that's why we're always in defeat. Maybe that's why we're always weak. We're always talking about how weak we are, how poor we are, how undone we are, how confused we are, how dismayed we are, how depressed we are. You know how to get out of depression? You start speaking the word of God over your life. Amen. You grab hold of your mind. You command your mind in the name of Jesus to be quiet. And then you fill your mind with the word of God. And then you begin to praise God. You begin to thank him for his word. You begin to thank him for his power. You begin to thank him for all the great and mighty things that he has done for you and that he's doing for you now and that he will do. And then you confess, I'm coming out of this depression. I don't have to be depressed. That doesn't come from God. That comes from this world. I'm not going to have it anymore. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. There was a man I fellowship with that came to my church many, many, many years ago, and he was a manic depressive. I'm telling you, uh, he, he would get his mind would get so, so messed up that he had to get on drugs just to settle down. He just gets so nervous and gets so out of sorts. And, uh, you know, and I was preaching along these lines and he got hold of it briefly. And so when that came on him. He rebuked it in the name of Jesus and he walked out of it by faith and all those symptoms left. But see, he didn't understand. He didn't understand that that's something you've got to do every day for the rest of your life. Amen. We, you and I have to be fully committed to it without a shadow of a doubt, knowing that it will work for us. Praise God. Well, those symptoms the next couple, two or three days came back on him. And instead of him standing in on his faith in the name of Jesus and resisting that, he gave into it. And he was back again where he was. Only this time it was much worse than it was before. Amen. I mean, the devil, he, you may cause the devil to lay down, but he's not going to go away. I mean, he'll come back again. He may not come through the front door, but he'll certainly come through the back door if it's not if it's not uh, locked or he'll find a window to open and get through the window. I mean, you just got to be on guard. Be watchful. Praise God and never lay down the shield of faith. Never lay it down. Never lay down the shield of faith. Praise God. All right. Let's go over this passage again. But what saith it? What does the righteousness of faith say? It says the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. It's called the word of faith, which we preach. Paul preached the word of faith. Let me say that again. Paul preached the word of faith. <laughs> Amen. That this is the word of faith that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be. You will be saved. Not might be. Not when God takes a liking to you. He already likes you. He liked you before you were ever born. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That's how the word of faith works. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the confession and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Notice what the heart believes. It believes unto righteousness. You were in sin, but now you're the righteousness of God in Christ. And the mouth Confession out of the mouth, what is it? What is it? What does it make? It makes salvation. It creates salvation on the inside of us. Now, this word salvation, soteria, it doesn't mean just being saved. It also means being healed. You could apply it to healing. You could apply it to deliverance. 
You could apply it to safety, being our minds made over in a safe and a sound fashion. Well, how am I going to do that when I'm always thinking about, you know, all my worries and all my frets? You're going to have to put them down, brother. We're going to have to put them down, sister. We're going to have to take up the righteousness of faith. We're going to think on these things. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. There's no need for us to worry, to be in fear, to have anxious or anxiety. Amen. When we do that, we're not trusting in him. Notice what Isaiah says. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusts in thee. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then verse 11 says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be ashamed. Whoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. Amen. Faith. You're not going to be ashamed of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. You're not going to be embarrassed by it. God's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to say, oh, listen, that person over there, you know, they're, they claim they're, they're in faith. They're speaking the word of God. Well, I'm going to show them I'm going to hop a flight to Jamaica and leave them all by themselves. No, no. I tell you, Smith Wigglesworth said there's something about faith in God and in his word that causes him to jump over a million people to get to that one person. I'm telling you, God is, is with you. He's not against you. He's with you. He's for you. Amen. And faith pleases him. It puts a smile on his face. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus already said it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Well, what's in the kingdom? Everything that we need to prosper and to be in health in this life and in the life to come. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're here in the word of God and we're speaking on have faith in God. Now, these are core principles of faith. These are the very words that were used to bring us to Christ. Amen. So faith moves mountains. As we act upon the word of God, faith actually moves those mountains, those obstructions that are before us. And notice again. That Paul said, this word, God's word, what is it? It's the word of faith. Amen. And what is the word of faith involved? Believing with our heart and confessing with our mouth. These are the core principles of faith. Amen. This is what our life is based upon. This is what our actions are based upon. If we want to operate in a successful manner in the kingdom of God. Well, you know, I believe in my heart, but I just don't say anything. Listen, silence equals unbelief. Silence equals unbelief. If you believe in your heart, you're going to confess with your mouth because you will always you and I will always say what we believe. Amen. And why? If we keep silence. Why is that detrimental to our faith? Well, because it's a refusal to put faith into action. Remember, we said, actually, we said this. We said faith is revealed by word and by action. What word are we talking about? The word of our mouth. Acting upon the word of our mouth. What should be in our mouth? The word of righteousness, the word of faith, the righteousness of faith. Remember what Jesus said. I mean, what? remember what Paul said. The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith, which we preach. 
Paul preached the word of faith. Jesus preached the word of faith. And you and I are to believe it and we are to receive it. No, no, we can't keep quiet when it comes, amen, to the word of God. If we do remain silent, well, then what we're doing is we're refusing to put faith into action. We're failing in the faith principle. And if we're not saying it, then really we have to admit and we have to confess that if we're not saying it, we're not believing it. If we're not saying that we're healed by the stripes of Jesus back, then we really don't believe it. If we're not saying that God is going to meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory, he's going to supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If we're not saying that, then really we're not believing it. Amen. We couldn't receive Christ without confessing him as Lord. The mere act of confessing Jesus as Lord means that we believed it in our heart. Hallelujah. It didn't come out of our head. It came out of our heart. All right. Now, let's look at an example or two uh, concerning uh, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this has to do with the centurion that was in Capernaum. And when Jesus was entered in Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. That's all the centurion needed to hear. I will come and heal him. Jesus did not say, well, I'll just come over there and we'll just see what we can do. No, he said, I will come and heal him. He might as well say that to you. Amen. I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. What are we talking about? We're talking about faith being revealed in word and in action. Faith, this centurion's faith in Christ is being revealed in word and in action. And he says this, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. How do I know this? The centurion says, for I am a man under authority. He understood authority. You and I, we need to understand authority. We have authority when it comes to the word of God. When it comes to faith in the word and confession of the word of God, we have been given authority. Jesus gave us that authority. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said this, for I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, why did Jesus say that? Because the Jews were not believing in their heart. 
who Jesus was, and they were not confessing with their mouth that he was the Messiah. They were doing exactly the opposite of what the centurion did. What did the centurion do? He says, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. You're the man under authority. You have authority over this sickness and this disease. All you have to do is speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He will be healed. Notice the faith coming out of the mouth of this centurion. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Once again, the heart and mouth connection. The centurion believing in his heart who Jesus was and confessing with his mouth, amen, that you will heal my sick servant. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how faith works. I'm reaching for the prize. I'm giving everything. I give my life for this. It's what I live for. Nothing will keep me from all that you have for me. You hold my head up high. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Now, Father, uh, we just receive this word. We receive it in our heart in the name of Jesus and put it into practice immediately. Believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. Father, that is the righteousness of faith. That is the word of faith. And Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.